Father in heaven, may we more clearly see and understand the love shown, the pain felt, and the redemption accomplished from the foundation of the world this morning. Send your spirit in our hearts and minds. Give us clarity of understanding. Give us conviction and make us catalysts to go out to a lost and dying world in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, this morning you have come to a communion service. I don't know that all of you knew that, but that is what we are having today. It's a special high Sabbath where we partake of communion. But this service then is different in at least five ways from our normal service. First of all, we have a sermonette, which is about one half the length or even a third. It's about 13 minutes long, depending on what I do here. Um, Normally we're 35, 40 minutes and we're in the Word. This is from the Word, but it's more a a written uh, homily, shall we say. So it's shorter. That's one difference. Secondly, after that, we go out these doors and down for foot washing. Um, Because of the COVID situation, we strongly encourage families to wash feet with families. Uh, So that is our strong encouragement. Uh, you're already in that circle anyway. Um, So obviously you're not going to be able to social distance and wash somebody's feet. So that takes place. At the same time that takes place, there's a children's story that goes on up here. So if you weren't ready for this, you're like, I'm not sure about this, then you can stay right here, listen to the children's story. After that, we come back up and we partake of communion together. We practice open communion, which means you do not have to be a member of the church to partake, but you do have to understand what the symbols mean because we wouldn't want anybody to partake unworthily. The last thing that's different is we take a special offering at the back of the church. Now, all of our tithes and offerings are taken at the back, but this is a special offering for the poor that we take only on communion Sabbath. So we know you'll give liberally to that. Well, this morning, in just the short few minutes that we have, I want to take us back to the original sin that is on earth of Eve and Adam and the redemption that followed and the pain that it brought to the heart of God. It is the same cross that towered over the Garden of Eden that causes the sun to shine and the rain to fall today. You might say, well, wait a minute. Now the cross was several thousand years after the Garden of Eden. And if you would say that, you would be right. But in principle, that of God so loving the world that he gave, that began as soon as sin began. So today I want us to go deeper beyond our thoughts regarding sin and its ensuing pain and suffering and examine these subjects as they are felt so keenly in the heart of God. After all, few, precious few, ever get past the level of thought in which they are at the center. They are suffering. They are experiencing pain. They want the second coming so they can be through with this old earth. Few think of the suffering that sin has caused our creator. And all heaven suffered in Christ's agony. 
That suffering, however, did not begin or end at the cross. Oh no, the cross is a revelation to us, to our dull senses of the pain that from its very inception, from sin's very inception, has brought to the heart of God. Every departure from the right, every deed of cruelty done on this planet brings grief to him. When God's people of old were taken captive and they very well deserved it, Jesus didn't say, serves you right. No, his soul was grieved for Israel. After they had, in essence, told him, we don't want you to be our leader anymore. And when pestilence and even death came upon them, God's heart was troubled and pained in sympathy for them, the rebels. And heaven feels it all, even today. When we see this earth falling apart all around us as it is, think about the heart of God. We don't see even a fraction of it, but he sees and feels it all. If we saw all the misery and pain and depression and mistreatment and proud attitudes and starving children and human slavery and people racked with disease and friends betraying friends, we dare not let our minds go there. It's too much for us. We can't dwell upon it. It would wipe us out. And yet God feels it all. And it is for this reason, in order to destroy sin and its horrid results, that God would come all the way down in Christ to save the world. You know the story well. Lucifer took the form of a serpent, which was a beautiful creature with wings and sort of a goldish hue to it or glow to it. It was a beautiful creature, but once taken over by the devil, it became a very cunning and deceptive instrument for evil. The devil did what he always does and said, oh, God is so restrictive, isn't he? He, he told you you couldn't eat from any of these trees, didn't he? And Eve responded, that was her first mistake, Eve responded saying, oh, no, 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 he's not like that at all. In fact, we can eat from every tree except for one, the one that is the knowledge of good and evil. We are not to eat from it or even touch it or death would be the result. The devil said, oh, that's just like God to tell you something like that. The truth is not only will you continue to live, but you'll be in a new and exalted state. You will be like God himself. You'll know all about good and evil. It will be better for you, Eve. As you can see, Lucifer injected Eve with the deadly virus of unbelief in the divine declaration. And unbelief always leads to sin, sorrow, pain, guilt, shame, and eventually death. And death is what Adam and Eve deserved, right? Right there. The second death, goodbye to life forever. Now, you might be tempted to think, well, then the devil was right, wasn't he? I mean, nothing happened when they ate the fruit, did it? Oh, yes, something amazing happened behind the scenes. 
Christ was atoning for a lost world. The instant man accepted the temptations of Satan and did the very things that God said not to do, at that very moment when God could have said, let's just do a reboot and start over with a new Adam and a new Eve. At that very moment when they deserved death, Christ, the Son of God, stepped between the living and the dead and said, let the punishment fall on me. I will stand in man's place. He shall have another chance. What love, what amazing condescension the King of glory proposed to leave his glory and humble himself and take man's sin and guilt. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? The answer is yes. We were all there as Christ bore our shame and drank our cup to the full. Imagine looking up to the cross, not in awe and reverence, but in disgust, despising and rejecting him, hiding your face from him and forsaking him. Although he was carrying your sorrows, sin and guilt, you thought to yourself, huh, serves him right. God must be doing this for some reason. He must have done something wrong. But no, he was wounded for our transgressions. Isaiah 53, and crushed for our iniquities. He was being ripped apart that we might have peace. And by his internal agony, feeling forsaked by all that he loved, he was assuring our healing. We all, like sheep, have gone astray, each one turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And all this out of unfathomable agape love for you, the spotless Son of God hung upon a cross, his flesh lacerated with stripes, those hands that so often reached out in blessing, nailed to the wooden bars, those feet so tireless, on ministries of love spiked to the tree, that royal head pierced by the crown of thorns, those quivering lips shaped to the cry of woe. And all that he endured, the blood drops that flowed from his head, his hands, his feet, the agony that racked his frame, and the unutterable anguish that filled his soul at the hiding of the Father's face. That speaks to each child of humanity. It speaks to you today saying, for you the Son of God gladly consents to bear your burden of guilt. For you he spoils the domain of death. For you he opens the gates of paradise. Come on and say amen if that's good news. He who stilled the angry waves and walked the foam-capped billows of the sea made devils tremble and disease flee, who opened blind eyes and caused the dead to come forth to life, offers himself upon a cross as a sacrifice, and this out of love for you. Think about his love. Think about his goodness. Think about his grace. 
that brought us through. For as high as the heavens above, so great is the measure of our Father's love. Let's pray. Father, today as we go to foot washing and those that may stay here, may we meditate and think upon the great and grand sacrifice of the cross. And indeed, that pain in your heart, dear God, that didn't begin at the cross. It started when sin began back in Eden. And it still carries on today beyond the cross. And so, Lord, give us a deeper appreciation for what you go through on a daily basis. How are you doing today, God? Father, may we think not so much in terms of ourselves, but in terms of you. You deserve to come the second time that your great heart of pain might finally be at peace. And so, Lord, please, come. Come, Lord Jesus, for your sake, come, that you might have your family reunited forever. And indeed, Lord, that your heart might be filled with joy as sin is gone forever. And so, Lord, may we meditate on those things and think about your great love and the sacrifice made on our behalf as we prepare for the communion service today. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.